Lord have mercy. The <laughs> Lord have mercy. Is what time is it? It's 8.46. That was the greatest 46 minutes we've had <laughs> of unrecorded but podcast. Hey, you know what? I'm a silver and goldsmith, not a techie. That's not my <laughs> department. Hey, Boy, Thank goodness for Willie. He walked you right through it. Yeah, he did. He did. I can't, I can't he had to explain it. it and take your trip around the sun, but whatever. <laughs> hey, and we had no sausage finger moments there. I mean, there was a little bit of, thank God we didn't have to do it on the phone. Uh, Carrie. Hello, everybody. We got uh, Carrie and Willie, and this morning, none other than the venerable Scott Hardy, founding member of the TCAA, longtime friend. And we're here to have some fun and try to learn something from each other. And we, we learned how oh, to, man. How to navigate on a Mac uh, to get Google Chrome all installed. And I was pretty impressed. I was sitting there watching Willie. You were FaceTiming and stuff on your phone. Is that yeah, what you were doing? FaceTiming. FaceTime. You had his screen up on there so you could tell what was going on, right? Well, I got a crick in my neck now because he had the damn phone <laughs> sideways and I couldn't put it straight. <laughs> so yeah, I was well, looking at it. <laughs> it's kind of the first time I've ever FaceTimed too. So. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> well, hey, thank goodness we're used to all these Zoom calls and, and uh, yeah. now this video thing. Who would have ever yeah. thought that three alpha introverts like ourselves would be used to Zoom calls and all that business? Here we are. Who would have thought it? Well, the Zoom calls are easy. You just click. You're done. <laughs> so, so See, we're we going to have to have him back on pretty soon, Kerry, to show him that this is this is easy. Well, next time's well, going to be I get boom, it, boom, 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 right? So I got some volume. Pardon me? <laughs> well, next time, I, I agree with Willie. Uh, now that we've done all the hard work of getting this thing all plugged in and should be plug and play next time, right? Yeah, just way you go sure so that that <laughs> so so the the uh i'm really glad this side of tater's coming out here this is really tater this is everybody i call him tater and uh there's a long story to that they will yeah we'll not after the potato <laughs> no, you better explain that buddy <laughs> Put it in the right side. Yeah. <laughs> there was no uh, in the front. No, there was in the front. Put it in the front. <laughs> so everybody thinks as the great Scott Hardy is a very serious, unapproachable, totally dedicated man who we all. Agree with he is. He don't, don't wreck is. my mystique, buddy. Don't wreck my mystique. <laughs> We've got it. It's blowed up. It's, now people know why we love you so much and why we got you on as our first guest because there's a side to Tater that once we get in there, once we break that little crusty shell, it's a it's a very soft, caring dude that we all love. And, and <laughs> Jack Daniels helps or trying to download Google Chrome. That's that's an oh good gosh. <laughs> I got it. Time to side. get up. Yeah, time to get up. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, but but you know what? I always pick on you, Tater, and I tell you how uh, you shouldn't play poker and all that business. But, man, we love you, and we are excited to have you as our first guest on this here little production. And it started out exactly the way I wanted. So. <laughs> you didn't. You, you still haven't explained why you call me Tater. Oh. <laughs> well, not the potato. No. <laughs> okay, so, so we're, all, we're in uh, Arlington, Washington, right, at the McKinley's. Yeah, and uh, they're very nice people, unlike us. Uh, they don't drink, and uh, they you know, they don't. They're they're very they're very good people. And we were having this here banquet dinner, right? It wasn't just TCA; it was a lot of people at some deal, wasn't it? Was or was no, it just no? Us? It was just TCA. Yeah, it's just TCA. But it was a very nice kind of banquet room type of thing, and had us at round tables, and and uh, <laughs> it's me and you and John, and who all was at the table. Oh, Pedro Pedrini and and John Melensma, Ricky Bean. Of course, all oh, our yeah. beautiful wives were with us too, and and that was uh, that was the first time I was president of the TCA, and you guys had just extended two years into three years. <laughs> exactly. So, and I was a I was a little trustee and a little wee on the totem pole, and. And Nate, Nate was vice president, right? So he might have been at the table too. But anyhow, we get to talking about it. And Scott's passionate, everybody. As we know, all know, Scott is a very passionate guy that, and I'll say it right now before we finish the story, the, the, the heartbeat of the TCA and the reason that uh, probably the largest reason we're still in existence, Scott refuses to let us go to work and make a living, makes us concentrate <laughs> on the TCA. <laughs> And it's a wonderful thing, but we got to calling him, we got to calling him dictator, dictator. Yeah. And we did, we thought Dick was unappropriate to be hollering that. So, so we just got to call him tater, French fry, all kinds of different things. Called lastly, my beautiful wife, sweet tater. Sweet tater, yeah, she was sweet tater. And mind you, we're giggling like a, which John is the biggest reason for this because when he gets the giggles, nobody can keep from giggling with him. But everybody thought we were slipping whiskey in at the at the nice McKinley's dinner for us, and we were stone cold sober, just giggling like a bunch of schoolgirls. And I've never let the tater go away, so here we are. It's a term <clears throat> of endearment. Make no mistake, yes, sir. It absolutely. <laughs> it is. doesn't seem like it, I know, but it is. Well, sometimes there are those moments, tater. You know, <laughs> depends on how you say it. <laughs> you guys are the only guys that call me tater. Nobody else is brave enough. So, <laughs> well, so we're about to screw that up because they're going to know how soft a guy you are. Hmm. Look what I'm wearing, tater. You see it? I Tell know my my boys. My boys have a jewelry company called Royal Empire, and. Uh, and uh, Mr. Wilson's wearing one of their hoodies because it's cold the, in Texas, as we yeah, know. Yeah, it's colder right? than shit. I'm about to have to take this damn thing off. I'm getting the thumps. It was made in Canada, and it is actually warm. Yeah. The Texas ones just look like they're warm. This one is warm. How are they? Well, it's going to be in the 40s here today. So. It's going to be in the 40s, Tater? It's going to be in the 40s, so maybe I'll break out my shorts. <laughs> no, no, no. Bad yeah. idea. Not a good look. 
Hey, Tater, you're going to have to get used to Swartzy's internet on this thing because he gets hung up and he stalls. And when I sound like you've listened to some of the podcasts, I guess, when I sound like an idiot because I have no idea what Kerry said and I answer the wrong questions because he's delayed here. And so we talk over him sometimes. But well, yeah. right. <clears throat> you know, you know what happens with delayed kids? <laughs> they, get, they get held back. So, Is that I much I say to that, but I <laughs> now my speech pattern doesn't uh, help. I understand that. Oh, my, we'd my be in big pattern. trouble if I. <laughs> my speech patterns. I so many speech patterns are is stretchy, so I got these gaps and stuff. And Willie, he's got. He's always trying to shoot the gap. He's trying to. Trying to fill in that gap, you were. What were you saying? You know, you you got to fill in that gap, and so. Well, I have to be very careful because I don't think I've ever been curried below the knees, so I might say something I shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) I nearly said something I shouldn't have right there. I know I was baiting you. (laughs) You nearly did. Lord, well. Welcome to our world, people. You wonder what the TCA is about? Well, <laughs> this is a big part of it right here. Oh, what a good time. Uh, that meeting last week in Colorado was we were pretty, going well, pretty well lubricated, wasn't it? With uh, And it wasn't because of alcohol either. It was kind of a no. freewheeling <laughs> deal. <laughs> now, Gary, it was a lot guys... of fun, man. <clears throat> yeah, you I, have I to think, back up. <clears throat> I think people would be surprised to understand how much work really goes into making things in the TCA run and, and our educational programs. And I mean, it, it's a lot of work and that's the two day meeting that was, it was full, but the greatest thing was watching Nate Wald take notes. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on. We have to back up just a little bit. We told everybody we were in Colorado and we sell it, said it was a well-lubed meeting, but it wasn't alcohol. Well, think about what the hell he said there. Everybody's going to think we were all off into the brownies in Colorado. We were not into the brownies, <laughs> just to be clear. Were we? No. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. I got to shut my door here. <laughs> no, there were no brownies. So, so it was, and back on Tater's serious thing, it does take a lot of work. And it. That's a very serious thing. And I am, I left that uh, to tell you too. I, I left that meeting excited and energized about our future. I, I am. Well, I, I think it's, I think it's a, uh, not to interrupt you, Willie, but. <laughs> <laughs> I damn near spit my juice all over the microphone. <laughs> we brought a new affiliate on board. Um, Dana Pierce, who was uh, who was the uh, president and CEO of uh, the Calgary Stampede, and and uh, he's an architect by trade and, and really really wise guy. But he's he's got a degree in governance, and uh, for a bunch of unruly craftsmen to have a, a guy come into the meeting and kind of line things out and and let us know how to move ahead. After 25 years, it was pretty cool, man. Well, and and so we didn't have a large agenda, right? We had a we had one or two things that we 
had to hash out and we did, and we took our time on it and, and uh, we accomplished something. Right. And so that was really cool. We, we get together and we think we got to accomplish all these different things. And by the time we leave, we'd be so lost and confused as to what we needed to do next. It was difficult. And Dana was there to whack us over the head and say, hold on boys. Let's one thing at a time. So it's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing when you, well, it's, it's, it's no different than if you took a, you took somebody and threw them in your shop and said, make, make a set of spurs. I mean, that's what you do for a living. And that's what Dana does yeah. for a living. Right. Um, organize and move ahead. We're used to solving problems in our shop, you know, design yeah. something and create it and get it out there. That's for us over these, all these years to, to try and turn into business people, I guess you would say to make an organization like this run. It's, it's been a chore a fun chore, but a chore. And it, it's, you get lost though. And to have somebody that's used to doing that come in and kind of line you out and say, you know, you guys got to leave those butterflies alone and just concentrate on the, <laughs> the center thing. <laughs> Man, pretty interesting. That's, a, that's such a good uh, analogy of us and butterflies as well. <laughs> <laughs> and we try to be serious, but I mean, we are serious, but it is like, here we go. Like, we talk about one thing and then somebody says, Oh, look at that. And whoop, there we go that way. And I mean, it's grace of God. We've made it this long. And I, and I, I don't mean that badly. I mean it good. You know I mean? Look how much the industry has changed with, I'm going to blame it on the TCA, but look how much it's changed in the last 25 years and, and where things have gone and done. And that's not an accident. Uh, I will, I would give credit to the TCA for what it is, but gosh, it's been a learning experience for all of us. What I've been in there 18 years, I guess, 19 years. And, uh, been a fun ride. Can't wait for more. Well, it's, you know, when you're, it's like a lot of things when you start out for, I mean, I remember when we started out and, 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 uh, Carrie, you'll remember this, Willie, that most of them are still there when you came, but, you know, Don King, Dale Hardwood, Chuck Storms, Mark Drain, um, Al Pachetti, Al Tejan. <clears throat> Those guys were serious craftsmen. And, and um, I remember the first time I went to Al Pachetti, and I mean, he wouldn't even have a radio in his shop because <laughs> you needed to damn well concentrate, buddy. So, uh, you know, those guys were serious craftsmen and, and great craftsmen and and to think they were part of this starting, it was it was an it's been an incredible journey, as you will attest, Kerry. But I mean, you can't help but I mean, when we I'm sorry for mumbling around here, but when when we started, if you remember, Kerry, nobody would teach anything, and to to sit there with all those icons and have them say. You know, we gotta lift this veil of secrecy. We gotta, we gotta teach people. We gotta show people. You know, we gotta change our attitude and, and to do it. I mean, uh, remember uh, Dale Harwood and Steve Meekum doing a building a saddle together at the at the National Cowboy Museum, and and Chuck and Carrie doing the same. Chuck Storms and Carrie doing the same. I mean, twenty five years ago. You, that was unheard of, absolutely unheard of. But now, 
I mean, everybody's teaching everybody everything, and I and I contribute a lot of that to the TCA, whether I, whether people I, realize that or not. Oh, I I definitely do, and there's been a, a bit of change in the culture, of, you know, with technology and all that stuff, but but <clears throat> now you can see that, like you two and what, what all you've taught over these years nobody's threatening your workload, right? I mean, because you've taught everybody how to do all this stuff. You, you have more work now than you've ever had more than likely. I mean, I assume not. I do. Well, I, I mean, I, I talked to three different young silversmiths yesterday. I mean, with questions, you know, over mm-hmm. the decks line and that. So, so much for Mr. Unapproachable. it <laughs> up. See how much easier it was when I let you be a grumpy guy that nobody liked, right? It was just easier for you to make a living. And now, well, I hold on, I was a grumpy guy, yeah. but everybody liked me. Don't, don't <laughs> exactly. What's not to like, buddy? Exactly. I told you, it only <laughs> took me five years, Carrie. What? It it only took me five years to become Scott's friend after I got in the group. Oh, <laughs> It was a pain in the ass. A long, hard road. It was. Well, I remember Mr. Schwartz and, and Sun Valley. The first time, one of the first times I met him down there, and and uh, Sarah was a baby. I remember. Remember the show at the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Art. Nineteen ninety-two. Pretty interesting. September nineteen ninety-two. Yeah. Good God. It's wild, man. I was a lot of water school. under the bridge since then. No, it's uh, been a wild you ride. You graduate in high school, Willie? <laughs> I, was a, good, I was a freshman in college in September of 92. <laughs> freshman in high well, school I had just got my driver's license. That, I had just oh. got my driver's license, so that, that's how I could go. Oh, <laughs> 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 We're not going to talk age, are we? Nobody's old here. Sure. I told my mom I was going to be 50 next year, and she said, you are not. That means I'm <laughs> old if you're going to be 50. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a great ride, so, but it, it, it has, complicated our, has complicated our lives, too, a little bit, too, because it's created – I know you guys are all the same way. We're, we're uh, The longer you go – the more well-known you are, the more you, you, people know the doors open, the more you teach, the more you do this, the more you do that, the more visible you are, the more podcasts you do, all this kind of stuff. The phone rings and more opportunities, more and more and more opportunities come up. So then that's our job is to learn how to sort through all that stuff. We were talking about that earlier, Willie. Oh, yeah. this, this is I... Stupid Schwartzy, Scotty, get some stupid Patreon, stupid podcast, and all this crap. <laughs> and my whole concern is to become more efficient. And uh, Carrie's got a question for us that I'll answer right now before we get going. He can ask the question later. But efficiency with the business. How the hell do I? It's it's. I want more billable hours. And and can you can you spell efficiency? I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know how to do that. I mean, so I don't either. I believe in the TCA, and I've worked really hard 
with them. And, uh, man, I've, there's a lot of time away from my bench. Holy um, cow. And you it's, more than uh, anybody. So it, it's hard. I mean, when I, years ago, it was just, all you had to do is put in more hours. Well, I'm not quite willing to do that anymore. So just more well, days. I don't believe sacrificing my life and my family just to get more hours is worth it. I mean, I want no. to be able to run a sufficient business. I, I'm spending 12 to 14 hours a day in my shop. That's enough, man. Good gosh. Yeah. 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 But I, you know, for all the problems and all the time away, and I know I've lost a lot of productivity over the years doing TCA stuff and, and, and other things, but, Man, I'm pretty happy where I am right now. I mean, I because of the TCA, I think it's I've gained more knowledge, pushed myself harder than I ever would have without it. And and people don't understand this, but I'm in June I'll be 66 years old, and I feel like I'm just having fun in my shop, man. I got the tools, yeah. I can stretch, I can do, and that again. <clears throat> What people, what I feel people don't understand is, is as a human being, we're, we do things when we're happy, we're stretching, right? We're, we're, Mm -hmm. we're reaching, we're trying to, we're trying to move ahead. Everybody wants to retire and sit on the couch. Well, that's not what we were meant for. We were meant to learn and move ahead and learn and move ahead. And every year, the TCA, when you, you know, I always tell people the first year when you get in, in the group, and you have to bring three of your best pieces to the show, it's like, holy crackers, this is fantastic. I can't wait. And then year two comes, and they say, well, bring the best three pieces to your show. <laughs> and you go, oh, okay. Well, now look at 24 years, you know? And oh, yeah. and, and it's a, it's a, I mean, it's, it adds some complications to your life, but what it does do, I mean, I want to be a, 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 I want to take my craft as far as I can take it. That's why I got into this to become mm. the best I could be. I don't really give a rat's ass about what anybody else does. I want to be the best I can be. Of course, I'm yeah. competitive. Hell yeah. But yeah. If the TCA wasn't there to push me every year, I mean, I, I, I feel it's a blessing, man. And if, if you're, I always say there's, you're either in this because you want to become the best you can be or because you got an ego and uh, hmm. drop the ego, man, and, and, and get into your work, be humble yeah. um, and, and work. And the, the TCA allows you to do that. And if, if people would just, um, if people would just accept that, that it is about challenging and becoming the best you can, it'd have a way funner ride, man. Well, you spot on Tater word. I mean, that, what you said there, that, that hits it all straight on the head, man. And, and it's hard for people to understand that outside looking in it. Uh, I'm going to say that as a member, we kind of go through, uh, you talked about the first year and then you talk about the second year and then maybe the fifth year is even tougher than the second, right? It's like, Holy shit. Now what the hell am I going to do? But I think that evolves around to basically where, where the, the three of us are at in our TCA stage of life is that 
the funnest time of the year for me now is to see what the hell it is I'm going to build for our show. That's the, it's the funnest part. And what I got going on the bench right now has got me energized, man. It is fun. And uh, it's not, and now it's not a burden. It's an opportunity and you're, you nailed it. Who, I would not. Well, I, can't tell you, I, am I, today. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've done ton, tight circles in my shop trying to figure things out, you know, oh, yeah. just walk in circles and, and that's what makes you grow. It does. It absolutely does. I'm going to tell you something else too. You, you, you talked on something about being the best you can be in the, and the TCA is absolutely that. I mean, it, it's an opportunity to be the best that you can be, but, but the way Dana explained to us and, and articulated it, we all believed it. We all seen it. We've been reading the mission statement for 24 years, but when we talked about what makes the TCA economical from a business standpoint, we talked about that right there a little bit, right? We, we danced on it, but that's not what this group is about. It's a mission bigger and bolder and, and greater than ourselves and about our culture and what we can give back to the culture. And the more we learn ourselves, the better we can give back to our culture. And the TCA gives us a platform to do something above ourselves. And, and that struck home with me in a way, and I've explained it to several different guys. If you're getting into the TCA for personal gain, it's not for you. This is not the place to do it. And and you no. may have to give up money and time to, to, to make something to sell at 70% value. Cause we pay a commission, right? So we, we've heard this deal. You want me to take three months of my life to make something that may or may not sell. And if it does sell, it's at 70% value. True story. All of that is a true story, but it's not about us. This is about what we're giving back to our culture and what we can do for it and how we leave it better than we found it. And, uh, that, that made a lot of sense to me. I, that you're absolutely right, Willie. And, and I don't think people really realize what's going on out there. And maybe I overthink things, but if you want to, you want to take a look at the cowboy culture, the cowboy trades, the cowboy arts. And uh, I mean, there's more craftsmen out there now than I've ever seen, but we're in trouble. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We, we are in trouble. When you look at what technology is coming and how it's coming quick and you, you take a look at mass production and how people are confused between handwork and mass production work and how young craftsmen now, craftspeople, I should say, are getting out there and, and they're not even competing against other craftsmen to get a foothold. What they're competing against is mass production because people in a lot of cases aren't their eye isn't trained enough to tell the difference. You know what yeah. I mean? And so, so you get how you get a, a factory that's putting, putting stuff together and there's no way a craftsman can, can compete with that. So that's what you see a lot of out there is, is, um, you know, some people get out and they get started and they get, it, they think they have to compete and they have to mass produce and they have to do this and they have to do that. And within five years, they're gone. You know, um, I've seen that over and over and over again. And, and the scary part is with technology, the way it is now, it's easier just to walk to that technology and leave handcraft work behind. But what happens in 10 years? I mean, you can take technology and, and you can do it here. You can do it offshore. You can do it wherever in the world. But this this culture, this cowboy culture is is unique to the North American West. And it's something we should be proud of and 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 
and really holding on to. And what's happening is because people aren't aren't um, educated in it, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but because they're not educated, you you go to any arena, for example, and I don't care whether it's roping or panning or cutting or whatever, and probably ninety percent of the the stuff being used in there is is mass produced. Maybe you know, and so what happens? It, it, that becomes the norm, right? And it's and mm-hmm. it it doesn't take too many generations where there is no handcrafted work. And the bar lowers each time, you know, instead of about, you know, guys used to work there. I mean, ranch cowboys, whatever used to work and work and work till they saved enough money, maybe three, four months to buy a custom saddle, you know, to buy maybe a year to buy a custom saddle or a bit or whatever. But that was a point of pride. That's all kind of slipping away now. You know, it's about whoever can advertise the most, right? They win the game, and that—I mean—that's that's a scary place to be. You you only know what you know, and if you've never been exposed, then you don't know. <clears throat> and and that's that's what the TCA can do. Um, you know, technology is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Did y'all listen to my went workshop Wednesday rant yesterday? I haven't seen no. it yet. Good. Well, I. Uh... <laughs> I, I introduced the world to a fiber laser that sits in my shop. Wonderful piece Ooh. of technology, right? But I I called everybody out on the skill set that it takes to actually create a quality piece. I showed a laser piece. It's cut out just like a bandsaw. But uh, if you you the thing that we're talking about, Scott, with all of this is is exposure to quality, not cutting corners, having a fundamental skill set beneath you that allows you to use the technology as an asset and not a crutch. So if you got to call me or Outlaw Water Jet Matt Humphreys and get a bit designed before you can make a bit, you done messed up, man. You yep. got to be able to draw your own stuff. And and uh, you know, I mean, the technology's great. Uh, mass production is great. I'll say that I'm, I, I'm so damn far behind building great pieces. One up, one off pieces. There's no way I could supply the marketplace, but the marketplace doesn't need to know that's all there is. Right. With mass, he, mass production. And Willie, when I was growing up, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have any money. I mean, everything I used was mass produced, yeah. you know, that that's yeah. the only thing we could afford. So God bless it. You know, but yeah. what I'm saying is it's not the only thing. <clears throat> it's not the no, only I mean, thing. There's more than one kind of car out there, right? We saw some pretty nice ones at, at Art and Stormy's that, that were pretty spectacular mm-hmm. vehicles. And yep. and uh, Art had an appreciation for those cars. And when he drives down the street, my water-headed butt, who's never seen that stuff, wouldn't know what the hell a, what was it, Maximus 1000 or Magnum 1000, or I don't even know the name of it, but I wouldn't even know as a special vehicle, right? But well, I'd need it, I'd need to be driving that thing in a quarter section because a thousand horsepower, <laughs> there'd be nothing. Are you saying you're not responsible enough to own a vehicle like that? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'd have we so don't... much fun, that'd be dangerous. Yep exactly and 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 we do play to a higher end market and our businesses are centered and focused around that um and there's certain skill sets involved in our world that i believe 
should be should be um, they should be known by the world, right? They should know what we're doing, and 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 uh, so then they and there's nothing wrong with the mass production. Just know what else is available, right? Well, and just that, understand too what what mass production is, right? I mean, yeah. what a craftsperson can do, what an artist can do, is they customize something. Yeah, it's for you, it's for your horse, it's for whatever. Whereas mass production, it's about how much we can produce. I'm not saying it's bad. Don't get me wrong, but right. they're not going to tweak that mouthpiece, right? right. They're not going to, you know, put a different edge on a buckle because then they lose money, right? Yep. So they got to have something they can standardize and do. So, so I, I totally agree. Now, this is a part of mass production that I don't like, and it ticks me off. So, and Carrie and I just, uh, we just touched on this with his son, TJ, in the knife world. He's designing for production companies. He's doing great designs that have aesthetic value and have value before they ever get started. Um, and then they're mass producing them through technology. Well, our Western culture is not utilizing the advantages that they have available to them to create good product. No. Part of it's the, part of it's the, the marketplace isn't demanding it, right? They're not demanding good designs, but there's some, so we're all scroll guys where the carries in leather, but, but it, it, we all are very similar in our scroll styles and what we got going on in ornamentation. That is just as easy to replicate as a terrible design. It wouldn't cost them any more money. We could design architecturally and ornamentation wise. We could design things for them that would be pleasing. And I promise if I got a little royalty check off a good design, I would be. I mean, it's not that I'm cussing mass production now, but I, I don't understand why our marketplace doesn't demand a better, a better looking piece. And it, if it looks like a kindergartner drew your scrolls and you're selling it for millions of dollars, I'm just like, why not make it better? But that's my personality. But well, I, well, I can tell you why, Willie, and, and, and I'll get into trouble. But <laughs> It's all right. We're it's good it's to be because <laughs> in most cases, the people running those production outfits either don't know the difference or don't want to spend the money to do it right. They can get away with it and 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 use designs that will just pass, you know, yeah. uh, rather than well, see so you the three of us are all we're we're geared to think ahead. You know, yeah. how can I make it better? Every time you do something, you want to make it better, right? Yeah. Where that's if you're most production companies, and I'm not trying to be a, a bad guy here, but they don't think that way. What's making us money is what they think. It's the bottom line, you know. So you hit it right there on the head, and I believe yeah. this that we're, they don't—they're already selling all they can make, so they yes. don't want—they don't want to share the candy bucket. I don't Bingo. blame them, right? I Bingo. don't blame them. But if somehow the 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 people it, the the marketplace—if they said that's not good enough, which I mean, it may or may not ever happen. I don't know, but but it there's no really because they I don't know. know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So so I I think of things this way. You know, like there's Chuck Storms out there. There's Dale Harwood. There's Kerry Schwartz. There's John. Have any of these guys ever been approached by a production company? Come right. design a saddle. Come design the seat. Tell us what you you want to see in a tree. No, because that would cost money, right? Mm -hmm. And, and what we have is good enough. I mean, you can buy a production saddle and rope a bull. But, I mean, you I think, make it better. I think one of the reasons, too, that that happens, of course, 
a lot of it is economic. You know, they're just trying to trying to make a buck and then trying to protect their margins and all of that kind of stuff. But but I think hidden in that equation, I think is is the fact that most production companies are, are sold out to popular culture. So, what is popular culture? That that by definition is what is relevant today and and that's going to change tomorrow so they're always trying to craft something that's going to be saleable today and and oftentimes that has to be some kind of a blingy kitschy you know appeals to the 14 year old 4-h girls and stuff like that so their folks will buy that stuff for them and whatnot Instead of solid, you talked about scrolls a minute ago, Willie, that instead of an architecturally sound scroll, uh, architecturally sound whatever, buckles, bits, spurs, saddles, instead of, instead of studying, doing the hard work of studying that stuff to find out what kind of styles are enduring so that we don't have to reinvent ourselves every year so that our culture, that's... That's they're trying to stay relevant and robust by changing every year. We're trying to stay relevant and robust by standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before. Well, the good good design is timeless. Yep. You know, and, and and there's there's a few things here. So so I was very blessed to be raised in the West and and know my great grandparents who were you know, homesteaders, ranchers, they were all proud of the West. They were all proud of our cowboy culture is what I'm trying to say. And our family today is still the same way. If, if it's not, it, uh, by trying to be Yellowstone or something like that, I mean, and then going to the next fad five years down the road, you're going to lose that culture if you don't have good design and understanding right? Why is it there? Why is it being used? What's the relevance? What's, you know, I mean, that's, that's all part of this cowboy culture. And, and I worry that we're selling it out, right? I, I worry that yep. things are being produced, you know, by people who don't understand. And I, I'm not trying to be cruel here. I'm just giving my opinion by people that don't understand. And, and, and in a lot of cases, uh, don't have that passion for the West. So they're just designing a product, right? Um, so maybe I, maybe that's why you call me tater. I don't know, but I, <laughs> I, I'm proud of the West and, 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 and what I do, what I do is try and move the West ahead. Right. I mean, cowboy culture is always about change. It's always about moving ahead. It's always, it's not stagnant. It's not, it's not the, um, from the 1800s or the early 1900s, it's about today. People mm. feed their cattle. Feed, people use their horses. People, and and you can't get stuck in a time warp. So, as craftspeople and artists, we shouldn't either. But it, it should be the cutting edge that's moving that culture ahead, right? We should be whether it's items to put on your horse or or keeping your home, or or just as simple as you know. Um, Understanding that that a fine bit sitting on your mantelpiece is as much of a piece of sculpture as 
as a sculpture. You know, sure. this is something made out of bronze. I mean, it's it's about that connection to the West. And and Hollywood over the years has portrayed us as as dirty and down out and and you know uncouth in a lot of ways or or whatever. That's not the West I know, man. That's not mm-hmm. the West I was raised in. And people are good and they they're trying to move ahead all the time. And they're you know look look at the guys breeding horses. I mean, you're still your horses changed just like your cattle have changed. You know, yeah. I, I mean, so. Anyway, that to me, that's what the West's about, and that's what we should be trying to capture as, as craftsmen and artists. And 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 if we let the if we let production companies do that for us, it'll always be as you say, Carrie, about what sells. You know, it's it's not about it's not about um, really about the West. It's about what sells right now. Period. And if if the West doesn't sell, they'll move to something else the next day. That's that's not who I am. Yeah, all, all three of us have um, have uh, made a decision early on in our careers to pursue a passion, um, which wasn't money exactly, right? It, it wasn't just all about the dollar. All three of us are trying to maximize the monet. We're trying to monetize as much as we can our efforts and what we're trying to accomplish and run a successful business. And we all like money, but that's not the first and foremost thing in our world. And and uh, um we love what we do and, and the West and we, I, I, I've been as guilty as anybody's got, not about the money thing, but about not exactly staying relevant in today's world with my bits and spurs. I've, I've been stuck in some history and some past that I loved, right? I loved, I have a lot of passion for, for California style shanks and, and they're still relevant in a lot of ways, but y'all both know that my mission at the moment is to jump off in the middle of the Western performance horse world and say, Hey, I can make that pretty too. And, uh, and I'm not the experimental maker, right? I can't produce stuff that to see if it's going to work. I'm too damn expensive, but I can take what you already have and make it elegant and beautiful. And, uh, and that's what I'm trying to accomplish at the moment so that we, we do have to, we got to stick our head back in there a little bit, you know? Well, and, and Willie, I'll congratulate you for that. And I think that's a fantastic direction to go. And, and we need to be doing that. We all need to be doing that. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm doing a buckle right at the moment for the incoming president of the Calgary Stampede. And, and it's, you know, it's not an oval buckle with a rope on it and a bucking horse in the center. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I saw it yesterday. I, the edge, the edge I've got on that buckle has like 13 different parts to it. You know, wow. I want it. The guy that's coming in there, I mean, he's a Westerner, but he's also a lawyer, you know, and I, I want to create something for him that it's a statement piece that, that isn't like all the other ones out there so that he can put that on and have pride not only today, but you know, 20 years from now when he hasn't been president for 18 years and he can still put that on every day and go, yeah, man. And and be relevant. As you say, that's, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the trail we ride as custom makers is, is all three of us are, are definitely, up to our chinny chin chin and with a Western story, but it's all a little different story, right? A little different twist. And, uh, and so you making this buckle for this man that that's a lawyer, he still has a story of the West too. And let's tell his story as custom makers. He, he doesn't have to go to Cavendish and get a buckle off the shelf that er- everybody else has is, is our story is to say, Hey, I'm going to tell your story in a way like nobody else and maximize that. Well, Willie, and, and you've heard me say this before you, you all have, when we create something for somebody, it's not about us. 
We're no. creating it for that person. Yeah. And, and for when I speak a buckle, so this guy will wear this buckle for his life and then his son will get it or his, his daughter will get it. And then theirs, I mean, and it, it, it isn't about Scott Hardy anymore. All of a sudden it's, that's grandpa's buckle or that was dad's buckle, right? Exactly. It becomes that person. And that's what good custom work is, right? When it becomes totally that true. person. And that's how they identify with it. And it'll be the same with whether you're building saddles or building bits or spurs. I mean, ultimately, the, the top, the greatest thing you can do is have a piece of silver, right? Yeah. As opposed to that other steel <laughs> stuff. In the it was coming. I was putting my helmet on. <laughs> it's all right. I'll take it. It's fine. You know what my favorite thing to engrave is? Mm. Not, not silver. <laughs> <laughs> how did I guess? How did I guess? Man, this, hey, world, this is how our TCA meetings go. Me and Scott, we talk and have a big old time, carry on, and the other 10 of them just look at us in the way they go, just like Carrie's doing now. Poor Carrie, I'm not saying anything. Well, so, so let me, let me address Carrie <laughs> for a second here, you know? Uh-oh. I mean, if you look back in the histories, and this is something to think about. There were so many people talk about so many different carving styles, you know, Sheraton, Californian, whatever. Can anybody pigeonhole Mr. Schwartz's? <laughs> yes, I can. I can. Well, uh, Let me where pigeonhole I'm trying, where, where I'm trying to go here, Willie, Willie, is is Carrie's one of those guys that could never be satisfied. Yeah. Um, so he's always moving it ahead. And I watched him study gun engraving, which... Yeah. Is very entertaining uh, <laughs> watching it. Anyway, it was on the floor. It out, <laughs> see it come out in his work and and on and on and on. And that, so we talk about, you just mentioned about staying relevant and moving things ahead. Yeah. To me, that's what it's all about, man. Well, I'm going to pigeonhole carry and then I'm going to let him talk. He's the absolute best carver out there, in my opinion, with his style and, and taste gets involved. And he, fits my taste but yeah he's he's doing things that nobody else is doing in their in their style and it may have been because we were all rolling around like three worms in david brown's vault looking at them daggum shotguns that day right (laughs) (laughs) david's watching his coon finger setting five thousand dollar shotguns going what the hell are these guys doing but he loved it right so he did you uh you uh you answer it carrie what are you Uh, damned if i know I don't know. I don't care. I, I'm not trying to fit into any any particular deal. I I'm just opening the playbook. I just feel the freedom to open the playbook and look at a what what kind of shotguns were those? Purdy? They weren't Purdies. They were no, no. Uh, uh, gosh, dang. Peter, Peter Peter Chapman. Peter Chapman. Chapman yep. Peter Chapman shotguns. They were hundred thousand dollar mm-hmm. shotguns, Gainesville, Texas. And uh, I opened the vault, and we were pouring over them, and there's the all that stuff. I was taking pictures of them on the floor. You guys were probably laughing at me behind my back, and mm-hmm. uh, so no, that was that was a fun time. But but I uh, guess what you know, we were just in Colorado a week ago, and and I'm standing there at the standing there at the urinal. <laughs> Full disclosure. And there's some wallpaper on the wall. Disappointed. 
And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking it was going to be a shotgun. He came out of court, gun. <laughs> There's a flower. Oh, why'd we go there? There's a flower on the wall, uh, and flower. I didn't get a picture of it, but I did get a picture in my mind. And I'm gonna in, in on another place I saw, and you know how on Instagram you see these little little things pop up there. Oh, what's that? You know. A squirrel. <laughs> it was a pastry that somebody was making uh, a flower out of pastry, and I sketched up that flower. I mean, if you got your eyes open, there's, there's, you don't have to look very far. It's everywhere. It's all yeah. over the place. There's great design work all over the place, and and so I'm just trying to. You think I've been kind of labeled as this creative, you know, guru or whatever? All I'm doing is putting different ideas together in a different combination. And once in a while, what I come is, up with some stuff. That is, I come up with some stuff that, that, that maybe looks way different, but it's all still, there's, there's some element out there that, that planted a seed. There's Mark Drain talked about, uh, our mind is like a, a sieve, you know, you, everything's flowing through there and some things get stuck in that sieve. Some things get stuck in there, and then you gotta, as an artist, you gotta find a way to make use of it. Sometimes it takes years for that to happen. So for me, Carrie, I, I I think what that is is somebody who's in love with their profession, and mm. and is a professional. Mm. So your eyes are open, your brain's wide open to to suggestion, to to design, to. You know, if you if you're really enamored with that, with with good design, with with good art, you you pick things up all the time. Like it doesn't matter. You know, you drive like you say, you're driving down the road and a guy passes you in a truck with a logo on the side of it, and it's, oh man, that's a cool logo. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's part of loving what you do. That that's talent. That that's all talent is is having a passion for something and going at it, right? Because I hate the word talent. Everybody says, you're so talented. You son of a gun. Do you know how many years I've spent drawing ugly-ass scrolls on paper to get where I could draw <laughs> one halfway decent? And, and you see that logo on the truck, and you say, hey, I like that. And you go home, and you work, and you work, and you work, and you finally get something years later that's that's that people think is good. And Or maybe that we think is good. I think that's a better way to say it is uh, – my mama thought I was the best bit and in the world two days after I got started. Right. So some people just don't know or they're biased or whatever. But uh, you know what, Willie, you just, you just brought up a big point there where everybody's looking for secret sauce, you know, well, if yeah. I just, if I just do this, if I could just get what Wilson got, if I could just get what Carrie got, you know, well, what they don't understand is the thousands of hours yeah. that you didn't get good results. You know, the thousands of hours where you get up in the morning with a cup of coffee and a pencil and you sit there and you're, you just draw, you know, and it, you know, I, I told a, a, a girl the other day, she was talking about, man, if I could just get to one of Wilson's design classes, his drawing classes. And I said, you know, that would be a fantastic thing. But, you know, he did learn on his own too. You know, there's books out there you can read and you can you know, yeah. so, and you might discover something that Willie can't show you. 
So. I will for sure. Right. And, and I mean, it's good to go see people. It's, it's, that's part of the thousand of hours of making it look good is having a tough enough skin for somebody like my old pappy say, you know, son, that's okay, but, and yeah. then tear it up for three hours. Right. But you're absolutely right. Scott is, is I, <laughs> I, it, I, I have a class next Tuesday engraving class start next Tuesday. They're all going to come for the magic potion, right? They want the, they want the wand waved over their head. I can't give it to them. I can't give you that. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to give you an introduction to a set of tools that you can take home that then you can learn on your own. That, that you're absolutely, you don't have to come to my house for that set of tools. It's fun to have some interaction and all that business, but buy the natural way to draw by Kyman Nicolaides and study it for five years. Like I did. And you'll start to learn how to draw. Right. Well, in the end it has to go head, hard hand. And, and you yes. can get all the knowledge you want, but if you don't bring it through your hands, it ain't yeah. never happening. All we're doing in these classes, Willie, is you're like the Tom Dorrance thing with a Colt. You're trying to set it up so that they can find it. You yeah. were a facilitator. And uh, That's right. that can be frustrating because both from a student and a teacher, because if you're, you're, you're showing up, at a class, put your money down uh, and stuff, and you're you're hoping for that pill. And we're dispensing a prescription drug so that we can take this pill, and you'll have you'll have that system. All I can give you is a system of how to learn. I I, right. I can't promise you any more than that. No, it's up to you. Yep, up to you. I feel bad sometimes. Lead them to water. Right. Yeah. You lead them to water. That's right. I feel bad sometimes because we, we lead them to water and, uh, and it, it's, it's the first steps towards the water trough is all they really need to hear. Right. Is there's so much information in the first five minutes of your first journey that I feel really bad for folks a lot of times because they come in and I, I've already told them enough the first half of the first day and we got two and a half more days of it. And I'm like, I'm gonna keep repeating myself. And I, they need to only hear the first things, but I, I tend to, dump more on them and that's probably not always good but i want them to get their money's worth but there you go stay but again again willie they're gonna they're gonna store all that in the month later six months later two years later it's like oh that's what he meant (laughs) right yeah that's that's the way i am i mean Leslie tells me stuff all the time, and it could be two months later when we. Oh, now I get it. That's what she meant. Oh, we love Leslie, a strong woman. Yeah, God bless her. <laughs> uh, Schwartzy, we I got a comment last. Yeah, I got a comment last week said 30 minutes was not long enough, boys. Well, we brought tater salad in here, and we got 55 minutes of it right now. We're rocking and rolling. <laughs> and you well, know I apologize if we hadn't had technical difficulties in the beginning. Oh, no, that's not 55 minutes of that. That's 55 minutes since we started giggling here. We had an hour and a half before that. <laughs> hey, I'm going to make a prediction, too. This is the best podcast you've ever been on, Tater. This is your best performance ever. My best performance. Yeah, it's your best. I, I don't know how many times I've performed, but <laughs> I think you get nominated. It's been fun. Nominated for an Academy Award, I think. But you're not acting; well, you're just you. I'm sure. 
That's exactly Who, right. me? And that, yes. Yes, you. It's hard for me to act. It is. But you know what? I, we opened up a light-sided tater that's not always there. In public, it's always there under the surface, and I think it's a wonderful thing. And thank you, Tater. Well, you got to have fun when you have fun. Get serious when you need to be serious, and that's you know what. And that's what this podcast was. Well, and and that's kind of what we did here. We had some fun, but we we also touched on some very serious things within our industry and within the TCA and our personalities. And uh, I think that's perfect for our little podcast here. Yep. Well, thanks you guys for. I admire what you guys are doing. You're doing great things, and thanks for letting me come on. We're going to probably have to victimize you again one day here, so be be warned. Just let me know. Now I've got Chrome downloaded. i got all this crap set up. (laughs) (laughs) You see the size of these hands? You want me to be potent? Lester says... Just don't touch anything <laughs> when it comes to the computer. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Your pinky finger looks like my thumb. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's all good. All good. Well, gentlemen, you know it's bad when you're. You know it's bad when the ring sizers you get. Yeah. There isn't any of them to fit me. They're too small. I thought the ring that you made for Art Gutterson last week was absolutely huge in girth. Like it would probably would have done hula hoops around my thumb. And I watched you put it on and it wouldn't fit on your pinky. <laughs> well, it fit him good. That's all it <laughs> It did. But I thought, good God, that's a big man and a big ring. And then Scott said, here, let me show you how. And he stuck it on the tip of his pinky. And that was as far as it went. <laughs> good gosh. Yeah, it's a, hey, it's a blessing. Ring, beautiful ring, by the way. That was awesome piece Thank of work. Thank you. That was cool. Well, we better wrap her right. up, gentlemen. So, uh, we'll Thank uh, wish you everyone a good Thank week you. here. And uh, we'll go clock in. Here we go. Go forth and create, my friends. Go uh, forth and create. All right. Cool. Amen, brother. Take care. See you all soon. Adios, amigos.